everyone. Welcome to All Things Iceland. This is Jules, your host. And this week's episode is dedicated to things that have been so helpful for me being an immigrant in Iceland. Sometimes I like to do these episodes where it's a little bit more personal because I think oftentimes when we think of life in other places, it's easy to gloss over some of the challenging things. And while I will hit on what can be challenging, they kind of are aligned with this, you know, things that have made my life easier and I'm super grateful for, whether it has to do with just a physical object or service. There's five things in particular that come to mind, mainly because I would say I've gotten so used to or adjusted to certain things in Iceland. But I think no matter where you're from, when you move somewhere new, there's just certain other, you know, services available to you or whatever else that give you so much comfort or at least make your life a little less complicated, especially when you're dealing with a country where it's another language. So I'm just going to jump into those things because they're, I've been literal lifesavers, a few of them. So the first one is about taxes. And actually for this episode, I have a sponsor taxes for expats, very appropriate. <laughs> and I am very grateful to this service. Some people have even asked me through YouTube, my videos, like, how do you do your taxes in the United States? And do you get double taxed and whatever else? So I'm going to answer that in, of course, this episode, just to give you some insight there. So there is an agreement between the United States and Iceland that we do not, if you're working in Iceland and making money from like an Icelandic company, then you're not getting, you shouldn't be taxed twice, but you still have to fill out your tax information for the United States and send that in every year. So you're still, you know, have this legal obligation. And I think the deadline for people who live out of the country, out of the United States is July or June. Don't quote me on that, but it's later than April 14th, which most people in the United States, like they're usually trying to make that deadline. <laughs> so many accountants probably despise the fact that so many people wait so long. But Taxes for Expats, which thank you for sponsoring this episode, they are an online service. And in essence, what they do is they have this really great platform that I used for my taxes this year in particular. And while in previous years, my taxes were a lot simpler meaning like I was just working for a company, whatever else. Now that things with all things Iceland, like I'm partnering with companies and, you know, there's different income from different places. It's gotten a little bit more complicated. So I do have help in Iceland for Icelandic taxes. But like I mentioned in the U.S., especially once it gets a little bit more complicated, doing it on your own or even just like you don't have time, whatever. But for me, it was really important to have somebody who understood that I lived a different country and can help me navigate it. And Taxes for Expats did that beautifully. I am, like I said, so, so grateful. So just to break it down, they have this online platform and it's quite intuitive in that they walk you through the steps. So you don't feel like you're just trying to, you know, figure out on your own how best to do everything. I even went to the webinar, the welcome webinar, where you can ask questions and just get a good idea of what you might need to know to understand their software a little bit better or their online platform a little bit better. And I was then assigned after uploading information about myself and you know information regarding my company and 
tax related documents that they were asking for. So after doing that, I was assigned to my own specific person. Her name was Susan. And Susan was really on it because my life gets a little bit hectic. Sometimes I might be out filming, sometimes I'm doing episodes, sometimes I'm like working on editing projects or, you know, consulting with doing whatever. There's there's so many different possibilities in which my brain can go in many different directions. And Susan was very patient with me and did a great job of following up and making sure that I got everything that I needed in order for me to be compliant with filing my taxes. And this was something that was a great concern for me in terms of getting this done, because obviously you want it to be done in a timely fashion. And because these are tax professionals, like CPAs, you're getting access to people who know it inside and out. And like I mentioned, it's called Taxes for Expats. They understand that you live in another place other than the United States. So there are some rules around that. So yeah, this made my life a thousand times easier and I plan on using them next year (laughs) and I recommend it to anybody with whatever country you're living in. If you are an expat and find yourself like me having to do your taxes every year and just want to be able to make sure it's absolutely correct, go to a professional who specializes in that and that's what I did. So So hats off to them again. And second, in terms of things that have made my life in Iceland as an immigrant easier, is community. And I've talked about like goodness family, but there's more than that. I mean, making friends with people is great. There's also online. And I'm not sure if I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but Iceland is one of those places where they heavily rely on Facebook for a lot of things like there's so many groups for everything you can find a group I think for literally every category you can think of regarding life and Icelanders are there and the it must have been really hard actually for many of them when Instagram and Facebook went down for me it wasn't it wasn't that bad I was like oh it's nice to take a little break from any of that but these communities you can find so much information people are usually willing to upload files and there, I've mentioned those groups in the past and how helpful those have been for me and just for other people I know. There's an Americans Living in Iceland group where you get specifically, you know, from that. And I know from other countries do this as well. There's also just one for in general called Away from Home Living in Iceland where you get people's experiences or people ask questions. It can vary from group to group. I'd say the Away from Home Living in Iceland group can be a little bit more surprising let's just feel like that in terms of people's responses or reactions because there's such a large pool of people from around the world different cultures and people react differently or just their personalities whereas like the americans living in Iceland group i feel like a lot of the times people are much more understanding or at least their reactions are more aligned with what you might expect and again it could be just a cultural thing who knows but I really appreciate that. And in, in person, of course, I've met so many amazing individuals from different walks of life, people who are native Icelanders to, of course, foreign origin individuals living here for more than 20 years, some of them. And I've learned a lot from them and been able to ask them different questions. So this makes my life so much easier or relating to different things that happen or getting perspectives that I have never experienced. So this is, for me, made my life easier because 
A, you don't feel alone, of course. And also, you just get the chance to interact with many different fascinating people. And I love it. Number three, this is, I think, a little bit bizarre when I first saw it, but I've come to appreciate it. And there are these things called American Days. Now, not every store that has products from the United States calls it that, but Hagcoip specifically calls them American Days. And they're just days in which they specifically have products from the United States on sale. And sometimes you'll find like different types of Cheerios or other brands of cereal or candies, drinks, whatever. It is really fun sometimes to walk and just see what's on offer. Most of the time I'm not buying them. But I'm just getting the experience of walking into the store, seeing this thing and feeling like I have a little bit of the United States <laughs> just like in my face or feeling like you're in a store that almost kind of reminds you of the United States. The prices sometimes can be absurd. Like I've seen cereal that was somewhere around like $11, $12 or something ridiculous. Like there was no way I was going to pay for that box of cereal. But I appreciated that I could get access to it, at least at the store, if that makes sense. Maybe that sounds ridiculous, but I didn't. Like I mentioned, buy it. There are some times where the, there are things I do buy. And I know, like, I don't drink cream soda, for instance, but this is something that's come up recently. And I know when I look at the different groups of people, they're like, oh, I remember this from childhood or whatever. So I know for me personally, if I wanted that thing, and there are already candies or, you know, burgers, pizza, stuff that I might be familiar with from being in the U.S. that's already in Iceland. And then on top of that, like I mentioned, they have American Days or just stores that get in a big stock of things that you might be able to find in the U.S. And it's a little, it's a comfort <laughs> to know that it's there. Sometimes people have called Iceland like Little America or something, or Little United States, I should say, because there's the Americas, so it can't be all of them. But still, I don't believe that in terms of that's not how I feel about Iceland, but at the same time. I do understand it because there's some things that are so easily found in in certain parts of the U.S., especially where you can find them in Iceland, which leads me into my fourth thing, which makes living here very easy and probably hinders a lot of people from learning the language, is that English is widely spoken and Icelanders speak it quite well. And many of them speak it impeccably and write it super well and, and impeccably as well. So it can depend, of course, on the person and their exposure, or maybe they've written their, you know, in their academic career, they've written their dissertation or something in English. So they have a really good command of it in written form, or they have good command of it when they're speaking. So while it makes life easier, it also can be a bit of a crutch for those. And I don't blame people. I mean, like I say all the time, to each their own. I don't judge people's journeys about whether or not they decide to learn a language or not. For me, it is something that feels important. So I do it. There are times though, when I'm talking about something like fixing my car and I just don't know the words for that. So I asked the mechanic if it's okay to speak in English and he's totally fine with that. Usually. Sometimes I do have to kind of search for it and like explain around what I'm talking about because I don't know the word for an axle or something ridiculous that is not in my normal vocabulary or I just haven't learned that thing yet but make do and it's all good the fifth thing 
has to do with ordering. So I do not order a lot of things online to Iceland because of the cost. But there's one thing in particular, one or one place to say that I order from that has made a huge difference for me, specifically in my nutrition, especially since I'm plant-based and a lot of things just in general in Iceland are very expensive. I love Vegan Boothin, which is the vegan store. However, like I mentioned, very expensive. So iHerb is amazing. It's a website that most people might know for just their vitamins, but they also sell things like protein powder. And I use Sun Warrior protein powder. So I order that along with some other things that I need it to Iceland. And first of all, it comes very quickly. I've ordered like on a Sunday and this is not you know, sponsorship at all. <laughs> I'm just mentioning this. this is like my fifth thing, but it has really changed my life in terms of getting access to certain things for a decent price. So I can order on a Sunday and it would arrive by Tuesday, that same week, Tuesday, or maybe latest Wednesday. It goes through DHL. Blows my mind. You normally do not get things to Iceland this quickly. And even though I have to pay a little bit, when it arrives in the country, I'm totally fine with that. It's worth it. It's still a lot less than I would pay for that item in the store in Iceland. Say like the protein I order. And I only do it every like couple of months or something whenever I'm running low. So yeah, this is and like I mentioned in the beginning, like for some people that might be like, oh, those are the things that make your life easier. I've learned to how to dress for Icelandic weather. I've learned how to cope with like winter. I've talked about these things in previous episodes or videos. So it's coming a little bit more refined in terms of the things that really make a difference for me in, in life here in terms of living abroad and permanently being a person that is in this country because I have permanent residence for people who don't know that. And I am planning to get citizenship. So this isn't for me like Icelandic, you know, adaptability or anything has not been super hard. But like I mentioned, there's certain things where you're just like, yeah, I need help with that. Taxes, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, paying for tax service in Iceland and in the United States for me has been extremely worth it. And then these other things, like I mentioned, community is always going to be worth it no matter where you are. And then having kind of these smaller luxuries like products or American days in the supermarket, as well as ordering from iHerb. <laughs> so there you have it. At least those are the five things that came to mind when I sat down and was thinking like, hmm, what really does make it easier for me? Some people might be wondering about Amazon. The shipping cost for Amazon is so much. And that part just doesn't make sense to me. It's a lot more than iHerb, for instance. Well, granted, iHerb doesn't have the same amount of things, but Maybe one day that will change. And I'm talking about shipping from the U.S. version of Amazon. It might be a little bit different from the U.K. version, version, but I've not really ordered from that, so can't speak on it. But at least those are the things that I can think of. I'm going to move on now to the random fact of the episode, which is that when I go to the U.S. to visit, some people might be aware of this already, that I stock up on a bunch of stuff. So I've definitely taken on that Icelandic idea of traveling with one empty suitcase and it totally is worth it for sure to get different things like even the types of tooth floss that I like because I can't find that here or toothpaste because toothpaste can be very expensive so again 
this trip to the U.S., if you pay, you know, for a round trip flight and get these things, it's over time way less cost than if you were just buying it in Iceland. Even like my lotion from CeraVe is way less expensive when I go to the U.S. and stock up on, on it there. And that is just a funny fact of life, I think, of living in a small place where you have high taxes and high import costs and then the cost of living is calculated, of course, you know, wages and things into the cost for things. So yeah, that's my random fact is <laughs> I'm always prepared. Like I'm always looking forward to going back to the U.S. specifically to go shopping. Of course, that's on top of my family, seeing my family, my friends, they come first, but shopping is a very close second. Okay. <laughs> and in regards to the Icelandic word of the episode, it is immigrant, which is pronounced inflitjante. Inflitjante. So I'll just say a little bit slower. Inflitjante, which in, of course, which it's I-N-N, -N, but of course it means coming in. And then flitja, meaning to move. So in moving, in essence. And that's immigrant, which I am. And I've had this conversation with a couple of people who've asked me if I'm expat or if I'm immigrant. I do use both. And I'm also a fan, I guess, of using immigrant now more because of its permanence in terms of intention. And for a while, I was not really giving much thought to whether or not I was permanently living here. It just felt like I was going to. But once I really voiced that this is the place where I plan to stay for the foreseeable future, possibly forever, <laughs> then immigrant just felt like it made more sense. And expat, though, you'll probably hear it from my mouth every once in a while. I, I kind of feel like they're similar, but I can understand like the definition-wise immigrant at least comes across as like a more permanent type of statement. So as an immigrant or inflitiante, <laughs> I'm very excited and happy about, of course, all the adventures coming up in the future and my experiences so far. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and getting a little bit of insight in terms of for me over the years. I'm sure this list would be so different if you had asked me this in the very beginning when I moved. But now, like I mentioned, because I feel so settled in, there's like just certain things that really stick out to me that help being an immigrant in Iceland be much, much easier for me. Again, I am grateful for Taxes for Expats sponsoring this episode. I will, of course, have a link to them in the show notes of the episode on my website, allthingsicelandic.com. So definitely make sure check that out if you want to check out their services highly recommended on my end very professional super helpful and got what i needed done in a timely fashion by you know like i mentioned licensed professionals licensed tax professionals in the united states so really great service last but not least i'd like to give a shout out to my all things iceland patreon members who are in the ausgardered tier member tiers every month i give them a shout out and they are amanda jessica mel kim oliver paul mark and danielle thank you so much for your continued support and of course all the members of the patreon community there's more than that but 
in that specific tier, they get a shout out. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you to them. Blackathier, Kailagat Firif, Atlusta, Og, Shams, Dirtlega.